0: This program is brought to you by Preserve Gold, the number one precious metals IRA provider. Call 855-962-3322.
1: Technology transfer and a heated trade war as competition intensifies between the world's two superpowers, in areas towards space and hypersonic technology. The U.S. Commerce Department is making another move. Who's being targeted in the latest U.S. export crackdown? And how can America restrict the flow of its sensitive technologies? Tariffs aren't the only weapon in the U.S. trade war with China. Washington also employs a blacklist of Chinese companies that threaten America's national security. And that list is growing. On Monday, the Commerce Department added 43 China-linked entities to its export control list. The new additions include groups that recruited Western pilots to train the Chinese military, as well as some that helped Beijing to develop hypersonic weapons. One example is the Aviation Industry Corporation of China. It was added to the list for helping Beijing modernize its military with American parts. And Shanghai Supercomputing Technology. It has offered supercomputing capabilities to support China's hypersonics research. In addition to 31 Chinese entities, the new listings include aviation-related firms from the United Arab Emirates, Pakistan, South Africa, the UK and other nations. That's over their roles in providing training to Chinese military pilots using Western and NATO sources. China's military has been looking for Western pilots to help improve its flying abilities, but those fighters could then be used against U.S. forces in a future conflict. The U.S. blacklist has become a major obstacle for many organizations. Companies on the list are blocked from receiving U.S. exports without first securing a license. In recent years, the list has expanded to include more than 600 Chinese entities. A new revelation, a Chinese spy base has been up and running in Cuba for years. Washington officially confirming the news on Monday. Meanwhile, the Biden administration and former Trump officials are blaming each other. NTD's Juliet Song has the details.
2: Strategy begins with diplomacy.
3: America's Uh, top diplomat Antony Blinken said the U.S. has been aware of China's effort to set up global intelligence gathering operations for some time.
2: Uh, In fact, based on the information we have, the PRC conducted an upgrade of its intelligence collection facilities in Cuba in 2019.
3: PRC is short for the People's Republic of China, the country's official name. Blinken's response came days after the news that China allegedly struck a deal with Cuba to host a secret spy base. The location? Around 100 miles from Florida. The Wall Street Journal broke the story, citing unnamed sources. It made waves because a Chinese spy base in Cuba could allow Beijing to tap electronic communications in southeastern U.S., home to dozens of military bases. The U.S. Central Command headquarters is located in Tampa, Florida, while America's largest military base is in North Carolina. Former intelligence officials say that could give the Chinese regime a clearer picture of what targets to strike in the United States, should a conflict break out. Blinken's response stands in contrast with that of the White House. Spokesperson John Kirby previously called the report inaccurate, though he didn't clarify exactly what information is incorrect. Both Cuba and China denied the spy base's existence with Beijing accusing the U.S. of, quote, spreading rumors and slander. Secretary of State Antony Blinken noted the administration had been engaging with governments that are weighing whether to host Chinese bases.
2: Our experts assess that our diplomatic efforts have slowed down uh, this effort by the, uh, the PRC.
3: The White House said it has raised concerns with Cuba about the Chinese spying efforts. John Kirby said he wouldn't expect this incident to affect Blinken's visit to China later this week, adding Washington wants to keep the lines of communication open with Beijing. Juliet Song, NTD News.
1: The Biden administration also traded jabs with former Trump officials over the issue. Posting on Truth Social, Trump wrote, China just effectively took over Cuba, saying it would never have happened under the Trump administration. John Ratcliffe, director of national intelligence under Trump, denied that there was a Chinese spy base operating in Cuba during Trump's term.
3: John Ratcliffe said that uh, the allegation that there was a Chinese spy base in Cuba under the Trump administration is not true. Uh, What do you say to that?
1: Not an allegation. True. And uh, our assessment is that the previous administration would have had the same access to that intelligence as we did. Access to larger markets? higher subsidies, and lower tariff rates. Beijing's days of enjoying these perks may be numbered. China can get these benefits because of its developing nation status. But now a bill aims to strip that status, is waiting to clear the Senate. It passed the foreign relations committee in the Senate last week, though it's unclear when it would come up for a vote in the Senate. Beijing gets a number of privileges from the status. Here are some examples. The United Nations offers various discounts to the country on its regular budget contribution. According to a Heritage Foundation report, these discounts cut China's dues by nearly $50 million in 2023. And through its WTO membership, China maintains its most favored nation status with countries like the U.S. That means access to larger markets, higher subsidies, and lower tariff rates. The world bank designates china as a middle income country until 2025 beijing can still receive its low interest loans the amount up to 1.5 billion dollars per year besides that china also refused to pay into the u.n's climate loss and damage fund for developing countries instead beijing argued that it should become a recipient of the payments Beijing refuses to call itself a developed country, yet its propaganda at home says otherwise.
0: The regime has been trumpeting its rise from poverty to so-called modest prosperity. In this context, it's contradictory to still call itself a developing country.
1: A China affairs commentator says the communist regime is cashing in on its dual identity. On the one hand, Chinese officials want the world to believe that under Xi Jinping, China has become the most powerful country on earth and will soon overtake the U.S. as the world's largest economy. On the other hand, with the title of developing country, Beijing seeks to reap economic benefits from the international community. Newfound buzz around strategic cooperation between Washington and New Delhi. In an effort to counter China in the Pacific, the U.S. is planning to smooth out the path for trade with India in critical sectors, from defense to high technology. Here's more.
0: Speaking at an event in New Delhi on Tuesday, U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan confirmed Washington would remove obstacles to trade with India.
1: was trying to remove barriers to collaboration on both sides.
0: They are fundamentally designed to remove those obstacles in defense trade,
1: in high-tech trade, in investment in each of our countries, in taking away obstacles that have stood in the way of better collaboration among our scientists and researchers. We have established a strategic trade dialogue. It will serve as a platform to address regulatory barriers and issues relating to export control. Sullivan's
0: visit there is to make final preparations for Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi's state visit to Washington on June 22nd. The trip is being billed as a milestone in relations between the two democracies. Washington sees New Delhi as a vital partner in its efforts to push back against China's expanding influence worldwide.
1: China is bracing for a new wave of COVID-19, with infections hitting the millions this month. But that's not the end of it. Experts say outbreaks may return to China on a regular basis. Here's more.
0: China will see a COVID-19 infection cycle every six months. That's the diagnosis from scientific journal Nature. Researchers warn of repeated infections, though symptoms could be mild. The resurgence also spells the risk of new variants. A highly contagious Omicron subvariant known as XBB is currently taking over the country. China's top medical advisor estimated 65 million infections per week by the end of this month, marking the peak of the second COVID-19 wave this year. Last December, Beijing's zero COVID-19 U-turn led to the infection of over 80% of its population. Patients overwhelmed hospitals. Families waited for days to cremate their dead. China has vaccinated more than 90% of its residents. But according to the Nature Report, XBB can dodge vaccines and protection created to fight the first infection. While it won't drive up hospitalizations and deaths, rising infections could still strain the country's health system. On top of that, since May, communist authorities have cut off weekly COVID-19 updates, making it harder to tell how far the current outbreak has reached.
1: According to official data released over the weekend, a COVID-19 resurgence hit China in May, with the rate of positive test results reaching more than 40%. That infection level is the highest since early January and close to the peak seen during the severe COVID-19 at the end of 2022. And for the first time, Pakistan paid off a government-to-government deal using Chinese currency, the RMB. Pakistan's petroleum minister said on Monday that they purchased the equivalent of 110,000 U.S. tons of Russian crude oil in April. And now nearly 50,000 of them have been shipped to their Karachi port. This deal offers a respite for Pakistan. The country is facing financial challenges and energy shortages. And its central bank's foreign exchange reserves are struggling to cover just a month's worth of controlled import costs. The minister didn't give further details about the China deal, including the price or the discounts that Russia offered. Moscow has been seeking alternative buyers after the European Union barred imports of Russian oil. That discount oil flooded Asian markets at a price far below the West's $60 price cap. Also worth noting, Beijing is driving the RMB, also called the yuan, toward international use. Early in March, Chinese yuan beat out the U.S. dollar as the most widely used currency for China's cross-border transactions. Though data from banking system SWIFT showed the yuan's share of global transactions still remains low, at 4.5% in March. As compared to the dollar's share calculated at 83.7%. Even though the use of Chinese currency in international transactions still occupies a small percentage, has been on the rise. Pakistan's recent purchase with Russia is yet another alert for the financial world regarding China's global ambitions. Coming up, Beijing is boosting up its forces, an effort marked by active military provocations in recent weeks. The Chinese military is a formidable force. Could its presence pose a military threat to the United States? An American politician recently dismissed those concerns. But a retired U.S. colonel is still raising the red flag. Should Chinese military power remain the top threat to U.S. national defense, or should Washington de-escalate its military pressure on China? We spoke to Rick Fisher, Senior Fellow, International Assistant and Strategy Center for details. More on that after the break here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Don Ma in for Tiffany today. Dozens of war game scenarios held by the U.S. against China in recent years. But the ultimate outcome of a real conflict between the two isn't so clear. Is the U.S. military still the world's top power or is China gaining ground? We hear from Rick Fisher's Senior Fellow International Assessment and Strategy Center for more. Joining me now to talk about China's military threat to the U.S. is Rick Fisher military expert. Now, I I wanted to have you react to some of what uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said recently about China and and the U.S. He says the Chinese cannot and do not want to compete with the U.S. militarily. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, they are, and they do. Uh, Without a doubt, uh, the Chinese Communist Party not only wants to attempt to invade and control and destroy the democracy on Taiwan. It wants to dismember the American-led alliance system defending democracies in Asia. It wants to send American power not just back to Hawaii, but back to the continental United States. Uh, For that matter, China would like to control the Earth-Moon system and is organizing coalitions as it works on its own technology to advance its presence and control of the moon in order to dominate the earth.
1: And he says what we should be doing is de-escalating military pressure with China. What's your reaction to that?
2: Well, uh, China should be de-escalating its conflicts with the United States and many other countries. China should be far more transparent about its military budget, its military intentions. Uh, China should be making concessions in order to be viewed as a future benign superpower and
1: not as the world's next dictatorship nightmare. Now he also mentioned the world is uh the rest of the world is looking at us and saying what are you doing? What are you, why are you trying to create a war with China? Why are you fighting with them? Is that the case? No, the world
2: is basically coming around to the point of view that China is a global threat and that if the democracies do not hang together, as in cooperate, coordinate, they will hang separately. And that is indeed China's plan. So what we have witnessed over the last uh, six years, uh, it started uh, under former President Donald Trump and uh, to a great degree is continuing under the Biden administration, is that the United States and its allies are trying to mobilize furiously to stop uh, a combined Russia-China alliance, Russia having started a war in Europe, China close to starting a war in Asia. Uh, we are furiously trying to prevent that second war so that it does not engulf the world.
1: Now, military strength in, in terms of this, uh, is China more powerful is the or is the U.S. more powerful?
2: Well, it depends. On the Taiwan Strait, China is more powerful. And uh, the United States, has a a great task of trying to project its power across the Pacific Ocean, organize defensive operations with uh, allies that have been slow to rise to this task. Uh, If China started a war this year, the United States might lose. Now, that doesn't mean if China decided to start a war in our hemisphere that we would lose. We would probably win. But China is starting a war uh, on its on its doorstep where it has relative military superiority. So the, the task for the United States would be very difficult to try to hold the line or even to prevent
1: Chinese invasion forces from reaching Taiwan. Now, everything you just mentioned now, is that achievable with the current uh, defense budget? Probably
2: not. Uh, the United States is going to have to consider a much larger defense budget for probably the remainder of this decade uh, and consider annual supplements. But this will not be achievable unless the United States makes trade-offs, that it decides not to fund fully uh, many domestic programs. For example, uh, the Biden administration's intention to spend over half a trillion dollars Uh, to bail out uh, previous loans to students is a very poor idea when that money should be spent on modernizing the American nuclear arsenal so that those very same students don't get drafted and sent off to war.
1: Yeah, on that point, how much of an increase in defense spending is needed in order to meet China's strength in the Taiwan Strait?
2: I would imagine that in the area of uh, agricultural subsidies uh, and and uh, many uh, superfluous uh, cultural programs, that there could be uh, uh, sufficient uh, temporary shifts in spending. Uh, I, my concern is is that. American military spending probably has to increase by at least 50 percent for the remainder of this decade. That is, if we are going to assemble a force sufficient to convince the Chinese Communist Party leadership that war is not an option. See, that's, that's the idea. The idea is that we deter the Chinese Communist Party from deciding that it can win a war. It's my opinion that today, the Chinese Communist Party believes that it can win a war, which is why it is projecting its forces increasingly around Taiwan. Uh, It is uh, uh, beginning to exercise plans to build a global network of bases. Uh, Most recently, it's been revealed that China has a signals intelligence base in Cuba. How long before China arranges for North Korea to give uh, nuclear missiles to Cuba? This is all around the corner.
1: Let's end on a positive note. Do you see any optimism that gives you hope?
2: The Biden administration has started to understand that the United States requires uh, tactical nuclear weapons in order to deter China. Uh, It has started... To respond to the very clear demand of an ally like South Korea, that we strengthen our extended nuclear deterrent. It is positive that the administration understands that it must move in this direction. In addition, the administration understands that it has to organize with Japan and the Philippines uh, to a much higher degree in order to help deter China. Uh, We are beginning to work with these allies so that potentially we could deploy forces to Japan and the Philippines that could better deter a Chinese decision to go to war.
1: Thank you so much today. Pleasure speaking to you.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Don Ma. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.